0: Welcome to the Future Built Smarter, a podcast in which IMEG engineers discuss innovative and trend-setting building and infrastructure design with architects, owners, and others in the AEC industry. I'm your host, Joe Payne, and with me again today is Mike Lawless, IMEG's Director of Innovation. Mike, how are you doing?
1: I'm I'm great. It's always good to be with you, Joe.
0: Today's episode is part two of a two-part conversation on the topic of building data, with Brendan Buckley, IMEG's Project Executive for Building Intelligence and Integration. Welcome back, Brendan. Thank you, you. Joe. Glad to be here. Last time we spoke, Brendan, we talked about building data in general um, and the many opportunities and challenges uh, to use it to its potential. Uh, Today, we're going to talk about digital twins and how they impact operations. Mike, uh, why don't you get us started?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I think we all have heard and seen different definitions of of a digital twin. So I think, Brendan, how do you, how how do you how would you define it? Like just kind of as a maybe a starting point, and we can we can discuss that definition. Will probably be part of the discussion.
2: Sure, I could probably give you like a Chat GPT version if that would help.
1: <laughs> Absolutely.
2: Uh, <laughs> actually, it probably won't even be that good. I'll, I'll give you one a little less than that. Uh, really a digital twin in the most simple terms is it is the virtual representation of the physical world, right? So when we think about the digital twin specifically in, in, in a building environment, it is, you know, a virtual representation of the systems that are running and operating the, you know, the physical systems uh, operating an actual building.
1: And I think the the question that I think comes up sometimes that I have is, A digital twin, does that mean you have, in order to really be a digital twin, does that mean you have all the systems included in the digital twin or a digital twin that just covers part of the building? Is that a digital twin? And how do you differentiate between those things?
2: Sure. I think, you know, ideally, you know, perfect world, it would be all the systems. But really, it's the ones that are going to be the most critical that you need to be able to do simulation and modeling on that you can't just take down. You know, if you want to run through a sequence or a scenario on, you know, whether it's something in the building automation or chillers or anything from an air handling settings, anything that you want to change, uh, they, they would not be advisable to do in a production environment. Um, that's really where I think the need for digital twins uh, started. It uh, was that, that ability to take it and to work through different scenarios and say, you know, yeah, that, that actually does optimize, that does work, or no, it does not. And you're able to do that in the safety of a virtual environment as opposed to potentially messing something up uh, that's critical to the operation of your building.
1: And, and really, this is starting to take the step of we have the data, we're going to create some sort of a model, and then we're going to be able to predict an outcome. Is, is, that, is that right?
2: That's a large part of it, absolutely. And it's, and it's to try to make sense of, you know, to do it just on one system, you know, yes. Is there benefit there? Absolutely. To do it with several systems that interact and could have um, unintended impact or consequences. Um, you know, understanding what those effects and cause and effect are between those, you know, you know, two, three, five, twenty different systems. Um, that's really where the power um, is in that digital twin.
1: Right. So, so the kind of a light digital twin, or however you want to think about it, could be, you know just the energy of a building. You know that that could be considered a, a digital twin of the the energy operations, but it's not it's not a very holistic multi sort of system look at the the building operation, right?
2: Correct. And and most of the digital twins that have been that you know that are out there in production today are, are really exactly that. I mean it's it's very early stage um in, in their evolution and I think that you know, and there's, and there's benefits being realized out of having the, that digital twin technology because there are, even within HVAC type systems, you know, everything with control, there's a lot of other ancillary systems that are involved in delivering, you know, that conditioned air.
1: Right. I think one of the things that's, you know, Brennan, you and I have talked about this before is, you know, and when I think about this, it's like, you don't build build a digital twin to have a digital twin. You build a digital twin to provide a solution to help with an outcome. And I think one of the, one of the things that you said that that help, that I thought was a good explanation was it's a solution powered by the digital twin. It's not building a digital twin and then figuring out what the solution is. It's, Hey, I want this solution. Can a digital twin help me get there?
2: Exactly. Uh, I'm sure those who are selling digital twins will tell you that, uh, you know, that you, you, you always need one. Uh, but I think it's really important to understand what kind of problems are you trying to solve and you know, what kind of benefit and outcomes are you really trying to drive? And, and then you have to be honest, is this something that is, you know, really that complex is that I can't do it, you know, uh, just the old fashioned way (laughs) Test something on the weekends when the building might not be occupied, <laughs> which is just the way. Um, not saying I, I'm, I'm suggesting that, but that's, you know, you really have to think about as an owner of a building, if I'm going to make this kind of investment into a digital twin type software, um, I need to really understand what am I trying to get out of it? What kind of uh, energy efficiencies, operational efficiencies uh, that I'm, I'm really trying to drive?
0: Brandon, are there any particular uh, building types or, or markets where having a digital twin is is more likely to really be worth the the investment? Absolutely,
2: uh, critical environments. I mean, healthcare is a given. Lab environments, things where you know if you make some minor changes, you could really impact a, a facility, and especially one that is clearly in full operation, twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. So um, those are usually the ones where you know, where, uh, fault tolerance is not, uh, not good. <laughs> so, uh, you know, or any, uh, I guess the, any, any disruption of service, you know, the high sensitivity to that right there, I would probably put that in the category of might want to consider a digital twin.
1: Mm-hmm. And I, I think one of the places that's been an early adopter, two of digital twins as manufacturing processes, you know, digital twins of those processes, because any down, downtime costs money and any changes if they, if they don't work as intended can be very impactful on the, the you know, the profitability. So I, I guess, Brendan, one of my questions is then, you know, industrial, I think, you know, that a lot of benefit, pretty, I think, easy to see some of that benefit. What have you seen as, you know, applications and more, you know, healthcare higher ed, you know, those sorts of, you know, more of our typical buildings that have really been beneficial, you know, digital twin solutions. Sure.
2: Yeah. I mean, pretty, pretty typical use from a facility perspective on on the education space. Um, uh, However, in healthcare, we're seeing a lot more uh, really expansion of the scope Uh, and capability of digital twins, where it's not just, hey, we want to understand how the building is going to react under these different scenarios. Um, It's, well, what about the people in it? The occupants, staff, patients, family, uh, what about the technology? So how do we model that? Um, There's a term in healthcare that's been popular uh, and and very useful um, to provide flexible space for hospitals, and that term is acuity adaptable. An acuity adaptable just simply means that I can have a patient room that could be a typical med, you know, medical surgery or med surge room. That could be then. Oh, I can kind of take it up almost to the level of intensive care, where it has all you know, so that room has the technology that can support all the monitors, telemetry, uh, you know, additional oxygen ventilators, a lot of the, a lot of the uh, additional systems and monitoring requirements, which means more technology. Well. We can figure out the technology piece, but how do you staff that? So how do you model that? So we just make a simple change of what the role and function is of a room or several rooms within a a floor of a hospital. What's the impact on staff? How do we staff it differently? How are we, you know, what type of staff? Uh, What type of load is that going to do on the network, wired and wirelessly? If we switch that up, what's going to happen? I mean to architecturally build it to support that and to put in a basic infrastructure yeah not a problem but to understand how that's going to change and Im- impact everything from you know network traffic all the way down to how many air changes are we doing in that room and are we are we filtering that air enough for the type of patient and you know is it a negative uh you know, pressure space do we need to do isolation all of those kind of things really have a tremendous impact on staffing on the IT supportability the actual HVAC and you know the functionality of of those facility systems to support that kind of flexibility so being able to model that in such a critical environment that has so many systems that are already you know in play um, is really tremendous but I think the, the understanding and being able to leverage the digital twin in actual building utilization is is really a big, big deal. And I think we're going to see that expand considerably over the next few years.
1: And 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 as an engineer, I think that's exciting. I mean, obviously as engineers, we love data. We like to use that data to make good decisions and help our clients make good decisions. And in a lot of these things that we're talking about, as far as the people interaction, people flow, um, you can even think about how how collaborative our space is. I think as we look into the future, and using Digital Twins, we're going to start to have the capability to really model that and build buildings, design buildings, put the technology and integrate the technology in buildings so that we're we're able to get great outcomes where spaces are more flexible, more collaborative. Students have better experiences. Patients have better outcomes. I, I don't know about you, Brendan, but I, that's, that's exciting for me.
2: Uh, absolutely. And I think that the other part is, is it it gives us data driven design. So when you start the digital twin, can do the simulation and modeling, which is fantastic. And, and and even give you the predictive. Um, Well, that also, if you have that same type of information, we're going to be able to design and engineer better buildings based off of that, you know, from the actual physical structure to how we're delivering air. I mean, already just, you know, think about what we had to do without having digital twins. We, you know, as a, you know, as a country, you know, we as a country had to actually, you know, provide uh, a lot of flexible space in our hospitals because of the pandemic. And we had to figure that out on the fly. So a lot of the, you know, a lot of <laughs> hats off to all the facility operators for hospitals that, that had just, you know, it wasn't just all the nurses and the doctors that had that are the heroes there, the folks that had to figure out how to deliver you know, a flexible space, you know, uh, converting these into isolation rooms and and trying to keep everybody in the hospital safe um, was a tremendous effort. And I think one of the first things that we really started seeing digital twins being leveraged for is could we have done that better? Was there, you know, and if we have this type of event or even a more serious event, God forbid, um, would we have the – the infrastructure in place to support what we need and that's everything from you know the medical devices that you know ventilators to um you know ppe but more importantly can we even have the air be cleaned what's going to be the air quality and are we going to be just retransmitting and and ventilating you know contaminated air in areas of the hospital where there's healthy people um so how do we how do we handle that better because we didn't get a chance to think through that Due to the pandemic, but we've got time now, and that's one of the exciting things that I've seen. Um, several facilities leverage the, the digital twin capabilities to to really think through and play out different scenarios and how things could have been done better. So that's that's uh, that's what we want to see.
1: Yeah, no, I think Brendan, the whole future that we have ahead of us with data driven design and our opportunity with that to you know influence and create better outcomes is is, you know, is just a fantastic opportunity for our, our industry. And so, Brendan, it's been great having you from starting with, Hey, what data is out there and, and getting all the way into digital twin and, and where that data driven design can go in the future. It's been a, it's been great talking with you.
0: I appreciate
2: the opportunity. Thank you.
0: Yeah. Brendan, thank you so much for joining us here, uh, on this two part conversation about data and digital twins. Listeners who missed the first part of the conversation can find the episode on our website, imegcorp.com. Just go to our Insights tab and you will find our podcasts listed there. We'll be back soon with another episode of The Future Built Smarter. Until then, thanks for listening and take care.